All right. Well, hello and welcome back to the OSF podcast broadcasting live. Well, not really live. It's a podcast, so it's pre-recorded. But from the comfort of our own homes, we are back again with another week of the very OSF podcast that you've come to know and love over the past couple weeks. We are sad to say this is actually going to be our last podcast episode of the semester. I know it's been a roller coaster of a ride. And we thank you to all of those loyal listeners out there who have joined us. Um, But we've got a great topic and a great guest speaker um, to kind of guide us through this last episode. Um, So we got the regular team to do it. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. So we have the regular team. Like I said, we have the Reverend Dr. Linda Leon on the podcast this morning. Hey, everybody. Welcome. And we got the Reverend, not a doctor, Corey Hunka back with us again. <clears throat> Never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our a very, a very, very special guest to tackle the difficult topic of relationships this morning and solve all of the questions that we have about (laughs) relationships. Um, Welcome to the show, Rachel Long. Hi. Wow, that was a big introduction there. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you're here to do, right? It's to answer every single question we have about relationships perfectly. (laughs) Yes, that's I'm very good at relationships. I think you should know everything. (laughs) that's That's how that works right yeah (laughs) perfect um so rachel uh thanks again for for joining us on the podcast we're excited to get into this um but um so there is one thing though uh that we make sure you know we we have guests on the show all the time but we're you're never really sure if you can kind of trust their perspective (laughs) um and as good as character references as they may have we also are just kind of skeptical of, you know, their beliefs sometimes. So we always grill our podcast guests with a few questions right at the beginning, just to make sure, you know, okay. you're you're solid and ready to, to handle what we're going to do today. So okay, that wasn't in the email. Oh, it was not in the email. Yes. So uh, we're putting you on the spot. There's right. no preparation. You have to answer honestly to all of these questions and we will assess if we want to keep you on the podcast for the remainder of the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we'll start off um, with the first question, which is, Rachel, when it comes to music, who is your guilty pleasure artist? The guilty pleasure would be that I'm at home with three kids and so I watch Little Baby Bums um quite often <laughs> and some of the songs do stick in my head oh it's, it's real bad okay I, so sad. i only I'm have sad. a dog so i have no idea what baby bum yeah is. oh no i'm, I'm sad explain this to me yes i'm sad because i know exactly <laughs> what she's talking about <laughs> And they are like, oh, you just find yourself at the worst times. They're like these little cartoons who just yes. sing like nursery rhymes or like whatever random stuff. And you'll just find yourself like singing it at the most random, terrible times. That's so relatable. Yeah. I'm not understanding this. Corey, could you give us an example? Yeah, could you Absolutely sing? not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I just want a taste of what no. it sounds like. Come on, like, Corey. like I, refu- I, re- I refuse to go out this way. This is not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah, I refuse to be um, brought in this way. So. 
<laughs> wow. Um, all right. So baby bums is your guilty pleasure art. Am I saying that correctly? I don't want to yeah, li- insult the artist. Little yep, baby little, little baby bum. Perfect. <laughs> that is. Yep. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, we appreciate your honesty for question one, and we hope you'll continue that honesty into question two. Um, so this question has definitely uh, brought up some really interesting answers over the past couple of weeks. So I'm excited to see what you say, Rachel. Um, <clears throat> second question. What is one thing that everyone loves that you think is overrated? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm telling, see, here's the thing. You've brought on someone who seriously has been quarantined with three people under the age of six. (laughs) And I don't know if this is going to make the listeners want to listen anymore. I mean, I'm really losing credibility. It's Um, a last podcast. It's not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, And I did just go there this morning, but I do think it's a little overrated. Starbucks. Wow. Oh, yeah sorry oh man white girls out there listening just turned off the podcast instantly can you can you defend yourself and here's the thing though i'm a total hypocrite because i just went there this morning um (laughs) but every time i get my drink i always think i could make this at home so that's that's a hundred percent true it is true jd is a a barista a home barista and he can make all of this at home it's true i I definitely want to reply to this but Corey, i know you're probably the biggest supporter of starbucks out of all of us so could you (laughs) (laughs) i mean caramel mocha like jd JD, bro i need you first of all first of all linda home barista is a really nice way of saying coffee smell. yes second of all <laughs> second of all jd just remember like i am going to see you outside of this like you're gonna stop throwing me under the bus bro like you gotta stop hey, home. we're all working from home from till may 31 you, none of you can come and get me so i can say whatever i want oh my goodness <laughs> or you go get all those those sugar laden girly drinks you get oh my gosh not even yeah yeah you're not even kidding here's the thing rachel i completely completely agree with you anything made at starbucks you can make it home for literally like a third of what you're gonna pay at starbucks and it'll probably be better too yeah and it's not even that difficult. Like you want to figure out iced coffee, you just add a little creamer. Like you want to figure out lattes. Like it's it's easy. Like you can do it yourself for sure. It's definitely overrated. Yep. Thank you. But I will say in defense of Starbucks, the time that I appreciate Starbucks the most is when I'm traveling. Because there is something about the consistency of it. Like when you're in a new place or you're in an airport, I think that's the only time where I'm like, you know what? It's nice that I can kind of, I know exactly what it's going to taste like. I don't have to worry about like finding Joe Schmo's coffee right. cafe around the corner. Like, but that's pretty much the only benefit to it. So I totally agree. I also, I buy only Starbucks 
dark roast beans for for home mm, mm-hmm. and because i know that they're solid so you know the starbucks product it's very good we support starbucks. yes we support all of our listeners who work at starbucks yes oh and i used to work <laughs> at starbucks i should say that and i loved working yeah. there and i oh I, my goodness I, I think maybe what I mean is I think it's overrated to go there all the time and, you know, spend your life savings for some coffee. Yes. I would think that a lot of our listeners have saved quite a bit of cash from not running up to the Starbucks by campus, although I'm sure they really, really miss it based on the people (laughs) with whom I'm living and what they have been significantly missing. Starbucks along with Chipotle are the most mentioned missed menu items in our household. Yes. I've I've had both of those in the last four days. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, someone's not taking advantage of free delivery from Chipotle then, I think. Right. Um, Yeah. And, but this is the thing, like with the stay at home order, this is the best time to figure out how to make coffee on your own. Like go buy a Chemex, do the pour over, you know, like grind your own beans. Like it's so easy to do. Like this is the time for all of you to, to give up your dependency on Starbucks and learn how to do it yourself. Like it is so easy. It'll change your life forever. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I think this is a bonus podcast. We might have to do next week. (laughs) (laughs) Why you should make your own coffee. Well, and we can expand it to, you know, students who are, you know, getting used to, their own kitchens and getting prepped to have their own apartments and houses if they're not in there already. So we could expand it. Here's your own coffee drinks. Here's the basics of cooking. Like, I think we have our summer series. Yeah. Life skills for quarantine. There you go. Oh, I love it. I mean, I would love to go through the spiritual discipline of coffee making and teach people how to do that correctly. Like that is, (laughs) (laughs) it is such a, yeah. Wow. It is such a spiritual practice. I never feel more connected to the Holy spirit than when I'm making my coffee in the morning, but you know, you're right, Linda. I think that is a spinoff episode and we have other stuff to tackle today. Um, but Rachel, that's probably one of the best answers I've heard uh, to this question is that Starbucks is overrated. So <laughs> you're passing so yes. far. Um, so the third and final question, which changes every single week, there's no way you could have prepared for this or probably the answer that you're about to give. I need to know, Rachel, what is your favorite stay at home order activity that you've picked up? Favorite stay at home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll say this maybe one more time. <laughs> Three children under the age of six. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let me think. Um, so I am old and I am watching all of the Survivor episodes and that's what I do every single evening. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what oh, my gosh. Rachel? What? What season are you on? Um, we are on season, I don't even know. I think we're over halfway done, though. I think that is perfect. And we're talking about an, a podcast about relationships, and you're talking about the show you're, you're choosing to watch, which is called Survivor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally a lesson in what to do and what not to do in relationships. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also nice too because Survivor totally prepares you if the entire, you know, world collapses and we have to, you know, provide for ourselves and move into a hunter-gatherer society. 
um, you're going to be more prepared than any of us, you know. Yes. So my sister actually um, just got me some flint. I'm not kidding. Flint and a <laughs> fire starting kit to learn how to do it because I've been so obsessed with Survivor. So <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Are you are you thinking of going on the show? Is that why? Is this kind of a training you know, for that? We, we've or? contemplated it, actually trying to get on there. Um, maybe when kids are older. Yeah. I, I think it's so fascinating yeah. watching. We did have. Yeah, just so many unique together, all totally stripped of all their comforts. Um, I just can't imagine. <laughs> it sounds like a big mess, but I'm, I feel like maybe it'd be like a big fun challenge to do and try to remain a nice person in the end (laughs) (laughs) with tv cameras everywhere yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's possible well i think honestly based on your answers those are some of the uh most agreeable answers we've heard for our three questions so i think we're going to keep you on the show for the remainder of the episode all right Uh, so Thank you. Yes. Thank you for answering. Honestly, I, I would say you passed with flying colors. Um, so yeah, I think now it's time to kind of dig into our topic of the week, which this week we are tackling the difficult and complicated uh, topic of relationships. So when it comes to relationships, there's a lot of factors and there's a lot of dynamics and there's also a lot of different types of relationships. And I think, um, The reason that this kind of topic came up is every single semester when we are kind of polling Malone students on what SFOs they want to hear about or, you know, what they want to talk about, what they need guidance for, relationships is pretty much in the top five every single (laughs) semester. Something that you guys as Malone students want to hear about, talk about, and figure out to the best of your ability because it's, it's something that we all kind of deal with. I think for a lot of Malone students, um, they might be coming to a college campus for the first time. Um, they might, you know, never have been in these sort of relationships. They may have never had a roommate before, or, you know, their roommate is totally different than the people they're used to being around. Um, or navigating relationships with parents once you're at college, or there's a million, million roads we can go down. So anyways, this topic is always highly requested. So we thought, why not end the semester uh, with one of the most complicated topics <laughs> of all, uh, which is relationships. Um, so every single week on Instagram, uh, we throw out to you um, the topic that we're going to be talking about. And we ask you guys to submit questions to us um, to hopefully be featured here on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for following us at MU Spiritual Life and submitting your questions every week. We love um, tackling them and getting to answer them every single week. Um, And so for this last podcast episode, the question that I picked as the question of the week from your guys' responses is actually one that I think I've struggled with. Uh, Personally, I think everyone does. And it's kind of a weird transition to talk about, but I think it's a good spot to um, kind of start with this whole relationship things. Um, So here's the question of the week. How do I keep my college friends after I graduate? So difficult question. Uh, It's definitely something that's difficult to navigate. I assume this is probably a senior who asked this question and who's trying to figure out 
oh shoot yeah this whole like everyone living under one roof and all my friends go to meals together is ending um how do i keep up these relationships after we go our separate ways um so yeah i want to turn it to you guys (laughs) um what do you guys think how do you what's your best approach to doing that that is a really good question i actually hear that a lot from students after they've graduated so young alum Mm -hmm. alumni um so it's not i think it's good that you're asking it now or that this person's asking it now to prepare um most of the time when i talk to young alum they are sort of expressing that they're in distress. Like, why haven't these people kept up with me? Why haven't I heard from so-and-so? Why is it so hard to stay connected? So this is, I think, a really well-timed question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just want to clarify the question really quick because my phone rang at the time right when you were about to ask the question, but this is how do we stay connected after graduation? Okay. Yeah, the exact wording is, how do I keep my college friends after I graduate? Yeah. So yeah, I guess best ways to, to foster relationships with your college friends. Yeah. Right, because there's a, a lot going on in the transition, um, a lot of choices to make, people move away. Um, I think one of the things that comes to mind in that is there's, in within the question, it seems like there's... Um, a little bit of almost like desperation of trying to hang on to something that was. Um, And so first maybe acknowledging the grief of the change, um, even though it's exciting to graduate, recognizing that relationships um, change over time and kind of leaning into that grief, which I know sounds like a big bummer, but um, Mm -hmm. accepting that relationships are going to change is one of the most freeing things you can do with your relationships. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that people are moving on, knowing they're going to different things and knowing also that there will be many ways you can connect. Um, we have more social media, more ways um, to connect online than we ever have. And so in that way, it's mm-hmm. very hopeful. I think that's a good way to start, Rachel, because I, um, I think that maybe it's beginning to hit seniors if, if, if they haven't started to feel it before now that their life is about to look very different. Graduating seniors, you've been going, if you're an undergraduate student, you've been going to school for 17 or so years and your life has basically had the same rhythm. You go to school for, you know, nine and a half ish months, you get the summer month off. You can guarantee that you're going to go back to the same place a familiar context and see a familiar group of people in the fall. So when you say goodbye in the spring, you know what's coming. And now there's kind of this wide open space. And so acknowledging and yes, grieving um, the sense of, okay, I have to let go of what's familiar to embrace what is to come. Mm-hmm. And that includes relationships, which will look a little different. I would um, add in another tip of leaning forward when it comes to pursuing your relationships. And I've often told people, think about the people who you definitely want to have said six months after graduation, we are still in contact. Think about those Um, those people and make sure you're leaning into and sort of pursuing a continued friendship Mm -hmm. with them. 
um, in whatever ways. But then I also want to say it's very, very normal, um, just part of our our life to let go of people that we've held a friendship with or, you know, just sort of a collegial friendship relationship with for a time that there shouldn't be guilt, that there shouldn't be necessarily <clears throat> anger if friends drop away, or even if you choose to say, um, I, you know, I'm not going to pursue these friends as much after graduation. I'm going to focus on these others. That's just a, that's just a natural um, thing that we do as we move on from one context to mm -hmm. another. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a, a good point. I like the idea of pursuing relationships rather than maybe waiting for someone to come to you. Um, and I think our tendency is to maybe fall into believing maybe nobody cares about us or, um, you know, everything's changing only thinking of maybe what's going on with you. But if you, if there are relationships that you want to maintain, then you can maintain them. And so I think taking the reins on that, um, making things work, you be the leader, even if in whatever relationship you're in, you're not maybe the one that usually speaks up. If it's a relationship that really matters to you, I say, go for it. Um, figure out that you will stay connected, but also doing that with an open mm -hmm. hand. And I mean, that open hand mindset of, I mean, hold all these relationships in your hand, hold it openly and be curious about what's going to happen next is a very freeing way to view your current relationships. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in what you guys just said. Like, and so just to, just to emphasize, um, I think not being afraid uh, of what this next season holds as far as relationships, as far as life circumstance, as far as everything. Um, biblically speaking, like God promises peace uh, throughout, like there is nowhere we can go that his spirit doesn't go with us. And so in that, like he will, he will bring community around us. He will surround us with, uh, with what we need for that time. I think in regards to the relationships that we already have, uh, I would encourage people on a practical level. I would encourage people to find a creative way of like staying connected. Like what is something that all of you um, that all of you can kind of like do together where there's maybe not necessarily like pressure to like maintain this like high level of, of uh, friendship that you've had by living together and eating together in the cafeteria every day and all this kind of stuff. But what is something that you guys can regularly do together that will keep you connected so, for example, like my friends and I, after after we all graduated, there was about 10 of us um, that honestly, it was it was like, man, I can't imagine not staying connected with these people. Um, and so we ended up JD's going to laugh because he knows exactly where I'm, yep. where I'm going with this. Uh, we, <laughs> we ended up forming a dynasty fantasy <laughs> football league. Um, and and seriously, like because of the platform of fantasy football, we're all still connected. We talk all the time. Most of it is sports related. Um, but then we have a like mandatory once a year. We have people who live in who have lived in other states or have moved back or have moved again or have all like they're all over the place. But we have a mandatory once a year. Figure it the heck out and get to Canton. Uh, and once a year, we will be together uh in and under the guise of fantasy football but in all actuality it's it's because like we can we can connect and physically be with each other for once one, once a year 
Um, but I mean, it's just a way that we all stay connected. And I honestly, I still, I still talk to him all the time. And there's also not this pressure of like, you know, we don't live with each other anymore. We don't live down the hall from each other anymore. Um, but I mean, we're just as good friends now, if not, if not even better as life has kind of changed. I around. think that's wonderful, Corey. I really mm-hmm. love that. And especially just cause you know, it revolves around the NFL. I can <laughs> support that. Um, but I would say it's never too early to think about like a tradition or be looking for it in the coming months or year if you're graduating senior by chance. Um, I know of a group of people, Rachel, you might Mm -hmm. be able to speak to this more, but um, that still meets for Friendsgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, They graduated, I don't know Mm -hmm. how many years ago, (laughs) many years ago. Um, And so right, right around Thanksgiving time, they take their entire families and they celebrate Thanksgiving together. I meet with um, a group of people that I worked at Malone with in the mid to late nineties. And we get together every November and we spend the entire weekend resting, watching football, eating and talking and Mm -hmm. catching up. And those people live in Michigan and Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, other places in Pennsylvania and Ohio. And we all gather, we bring our families and now our kids come and look forward to what we call slot fest, <laughs> which just means so resting. Um, but basically what it is, is we're committed to each other's families. We love each other's children. We want to stay in contact. We have the commonality of having worked in higher education. We love um, college students and support university settings. So that has kept us bonded. And it's something that's an important marker in the life of my family. Hmm. Yeah, those are all, yeah, forming a tradition is a great, great idea, Um, especially if right now you're kind of scrambling and feeling a lot of the weight of the grief. Um, Get together with your friends. Think of a time next year where you're all going to mark it on your calendars now to make sure you stay connected. I think that's great. Um, Yeah, good advice there. (laughs) For sure. I think, uh, yeah, just to touch on – Corey, your, your fantasy football league, I think knowing you and learning about this fantasy football league, it, it was, I mean, for a while I was like, why do they care so much? Like they get in these giant debates, they're going back and forth with trade deals. Like I know fantasy football is fun. Like I'm a huge Steelers fan. Like I can get behind the NFL. Uh, but I very quickly realized like this was a lot more, um, it, it was a lot more personal than just your average fantasy football league. Um, and, but that's also like the beauty of it. I think you guys are touching on something that's, that's really important in the post-college transition is that I think when you are like living in the dorms, uh, you have this like constant excuse to be around other people. Like you don't have to be like, like, you don't even have to be like, Hey, do you want to hang out? It's like, we'll probably just run into each other at the cafeteria or we'll be in classes together here or we'll probably go to this, you know, student activities event here or, you know, and there's, there's a lot of excuses in college for you to not be intentional. And it might just be like, Hey, let's go, you know, grab coffee because it's someone who's literally sitting in your bedroom with you. Like community is super easy in college because people are always around. And so I think it's super important when you transition out of that stage to kind of like come up with maybe some like, quirky traditions or some something that you know forces you to be together because that um that accidental friendship doesn't really happen 
uh, outside of a college context. Um, I think you learn pretty quickly that if you want friends, you're going to have to make them and make events for it and, and be intentional with it. Um, you know, I have one more thing. I think this is the absolute best time that this person could have asked this question because um, no matter if you're a student, faculty, staff, alumni, whoever is listening, think about back in mid-March, think about how you felt the last two weeks of March, um, the isolation that was beginning, the questioning that was beginning. You had to quickly change your habits, your routines, your connections to people. And I would encourage people, think about what you missed. What was what was causing a lot of pain when it had to do with relationships? And I know we'll, we'll get to in a minute, I'm sure, um, the hurt that can come from relationships too. But think of the goodness that you were missing. And that might be your core longing, your core expectations for friendships in the future. Um with regards to what did you miss with regard to a depth of a conversation or a topic of a conversation that you couldn't connect on or a place that you would normally meet up with people and hang out or a, a mode of um, connecting a certain social media route or in person or what have you. And just remember, what did you miss most? What did you need most when it comes to people? And that is something to hold on to and to remember to pursue as the coming weeks come and quarantine stay at home lifter uh, orders or, or lifted um, gradually and such. I think that's really good. I think um, it's definitely a time right now to like where we are super grateful um, for other people. I think this time of isolation just proves even more the importance of community. Um, and so, yes, definitely being intentional with the people around you or also just being intentional in this time to video call people or stay in contact with your friends is, is even more important than ever. Um, so I think to this point, we've been talking a lot about like friendships and how, how to keep friendships. Um, but there's a lot more to relationships uh, than just that. And it's not always about just like the good things or creating fun events or different stuff. But sometimes there's there's definitely like conflict or awkward parts of friendships or relationships or different parts um so i kind of want to open it up to you guys to kind of tell like when it comes to difficult uh relationships with people and i guess we can just keep it on the like friends level or wherever you want to take it um but when it comes to like difficulties in relationships what is your best advice to kind of navigating maybe I don't know, maybe a friend who, you know, won't text you back and, you know, you know, you're trying to do all these things to create these fun events and stay connected after college and they just ghost you and they don't want anything to do with you. Or, you know, what do you do when you feel left out of, you know, a friend group or you didn't get invited to a gathering or other difficult topics when it comes to relationships? What is your guys' best advice to navigating some of maybe the more difficult or awkward parts um, of relationships. One of the first things that comes to mind for navigating tough relationships, I think, is um, learning how to navigate yourself and your own emotions. Uh, I think we like to put a lot of blame maybe on other people or um, even in our even in our language, we say so and so made me feel so angry or upset. And I think that while those things are true, people hurt people. I mean, this is true about all of us. We're all very broken people. 
Um, so it's interesting what happens when you become comfortable in your own skin. Uh, and when you begin to truly get to know who you are as a person, um, then you're kind of free to love other people without maybe feeling so tied to their emotional roller coaster, coaster or whatever they're dealing with. You don't get so enmeshed with that. Um, I know that's a very complicated topic to bring up on an hour podcast, but um, <laughs> I guess the sum up being um, taking some time to get to know who you are and to actually enjoy yourself, to like yourself, to believe that you matter can really help when relationships aren't these connections that you have, aren't going the way you want them to. I think that's really helpful. Man. Yeah, go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, I feel like, I feel like I've said this before on this podcast or one of these calls or something like, I feel mm-hmm. like all this stuff starts with self-awareness. Um, you know, the better, the better you can, you know, the better you know yourself uh, and know your own tendencies, um, you know, the better you're able to, uh, to be in a healthy relationship. I think, um, you know, based on, there's so many nuances, right, in a relationship that I hate to give, that I hate to give blanket (laughs) advice, (laughs) uh, because, because you just don't know all the nuance of the situation. Um, But I think that one thing, uh, that I think can be true in any uh, situation of conflict or um, broken or, or whatever relationship um, would mm-hmm. be to keep calm and communicate. Um, you know, the, so, even even if the other person you feel is, is escalating the situation or whatever, like the best thing you can do is taking taking deep breaths, trying to trying to keep a level head and ultimately like communicate Mm -hmm. your feelings not saying like well you did this or listen anytime i i i've been married just 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 long enough to tell you that anytime you start a sentence with (laughs) you ain't going your way it's just it's just not gonna it's just not gonna um if you can if you can find the ability within yourself to communicate your own feelings not not what the other person may have done to get those feelings there (laughs) like none of that but to communicate the way that you feel um and ultimately i think the other bit that i would that i would throw out there too is an incredibly uh wise person once told me that um disappointment comes just comes from unmet expectations and so if you're disappointed with someone or you're upset with somebody um in all actuality like it's most likely because they didn't meet an expectation of that you had of them. And the question that I, that you have to ask yourself first before going in there is saying first, um, did they know that I had that expectation of them? I think a lot of times we get ourselves in the situations where we're frustrated in relationships where um, people aren't meeting our expectation, mm-hmm. but they didn't know that mm-hmm. we expected that of them. You know what I mean? So um so I think in, in, in it's difficult to just talk about it in a blanket way. Um, but I think those two things are probably true uh, regardless of any situation that I can yeah. think of off the top I, of my head. Yeah, that's really good advice there. Um, communication is huge. Um, obviously, it's much harder to do than to say. But um, I think a lot, what I hear a lot of times is people being afraid to communicate something because they're afraid of the person's response. Uh, and I would say that's where it comes back to remaining yep. true to who you are, true to your values, 
um, and, and kind of walking with, um, hand in hand with that fear and saying, I'm going to address this anyway, or I'm going to go to this person anyway, even though I'm afraid of how they're going to respond. I mean, unless it's an abusive relationship and that's a whole nother topic, but, um, I'd say if it's a healthy relationship and you're in a conflict that not, not expecting people to read your minds is huge and to go and, and, um, communicate your wants and needs, but also understanding that other people have, um, they may or may not be able to meet your expectations. (laughs) So, um, there's that end too. I learned a helpful trick from Dr. Marsha Everett, who teaches communication arts at Malone and it's called XYZ statements. Um, it's really helpful when you're in a tense situation with someone or, or need to express your feelings or afraid of conflict or, or anything like that. XYZ statements. So basically, um, the formula is you say, when you did X in situation Y, I felt Z. So when you did X, you're kind of describing what was the behavior, what was the thing that that person did or said in situation Y. So describe um, describe the circumstances, describe the behavior and then the circumstances. And I felt Z, tell how you felt or were affected. And like Corey said, using I statements, I feel, I think, um, it seems to me, I wonder, like those are helpful statements because they um, can assist the other person in not getting um, defensive or as Mm -hmm. defensive because you're taking ownership of Mm -hmm. your feelings. That's really good. Yeah. Taking ownership of your feelings and then at the same time, not personalizing someone else's response. Because the thing about relationships is we can never control the other person. Um, There's no magic tool Mm -hmm. to doing that. And I, I think we kind of live in an illusion sometimes that we, can do that. (laughs) Um, so you can, you are only capable of your, of dealing with your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Um, and so that's where I would also lean into that. Yeah, I think, especially when it comes to conflict, um, it's, it is a cliche, but communication is key. But I think even more importantly, the way that you communicate your feelings and navigating it is actually the key. Um, because obviously I think, I think isolation when it comes to conflict in relationship is the most terrible way to approach it. However, taking time to kind of center yourself, I think Rachel, what you're talking about earlier and, and kind of assessing how you feel, you can take a moment to, you know, learn yourself better, know what you're actually feeling and then approach. Yeah. The conflict kind of with the roadmap that Linda pointed out, um, with just, hey, these are what I feel in this situation, and that's that. You're simply expressing and, yeah, taking ownership um, for kind of what you're feeling. And mm-hmm. so I think it's, yeah, it's definitely difficult. And it, But what's super interesting is I think these principles apply not only to friendships, but definitely romantic relationships, uh, definitely like when communicating, you know, anger and frustration with your parents. Like th- I think there's any any relationship, if you kind of apply those principles, um, to conflict, that is, is, is super important. Um, can I say one more thing real quick? Oh, um, another really helpful tool. And it's amazing when you step back and watch this happen, but if, 
in, in terms of de-escalation or if you're super angry at somebody, they did something horrible and it really was their fault. Like they did something really mean to you. Um, a good tool is to first try to understand someone else's perspective. And by that, I mean, specifically going to them and saying, what was this experience like for you? What is your side? Give me your side of the story. And truly, if you sit there and listen to them and hear them, then all of a sudden the tide turns and the person's more willing to hear you when you have to say the ways that you were hurt. Um, and I mean, this even works with my kids. I'll say we're in, you know, they're in trouble and I'll say, Hey, what's your side of the story here? And they'll say, well, mom, it's not fair that, you know, such and such. And I'll be like, well, yes. And I try to understand and empathize. And then I move to my end and they're more willing to listen to me. Hmm. That's really good. I should do that with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like the book of James in the Bible. It's way toward the end in the New Testament. Um, well, I like it and I don't like it. I like it because it was written by James, the, the brother of Jesus. And um, every letter in the New Testament was written to a group of people for because of a certain situation. So the, the book of James was written in general to Christians. And he was writing to say, look, if, if you have real faith, this faith that we've been talking about based in Jesus, then you will show it by in your actions in certain ways when you're interacting with other people. And so the book of James, when you take a look through it, it talks about like um, how to listen to others, how not to have favoritism, how to control your tongue, your language, your words. Um, how to submit to God during con in, in conflict um, and how not to oppress other people. Hmm. The verse that, that I love and hate at the same time, because it's really difficult for me because I have a quick temper. It's James one uh, verse 19. And it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry for our anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I am in midlife, and I am still having so much trouble with that verse. Um, and I really have to do like what Corey and Rachel were saying, take deep, deep breaths, try to step back. I'm someone that if I do get quick, uh, quickly angry, and so... If I know myself in that moment, I will, I will say, I can't continue with this conversation. I just need to take a breath. Um, I'll walk away and then I'll come back to it later. That would be nice if that was what actually happened all the time when there's tension in my household. Um, but I think that the Bible kind of gives us that template of listening and, and then speaking and being slow mm -hmm. with our anger. Right. And then what happens when you do that is you can step back and see, oh, wait, there's something under my anger. I'm really just hurt right now. I'm really just sad. Um, I'm really just overwhelmed. And not, not that those things are just statements. Like those are big deal things. But oftentimes our anger is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all the things you're feeling emotionally. And that's what people usually see. That's, they see the anger. They see the, the outburst. They see the, the things we say and do that we don't mean. Um, when really there's just usually a lot of pain underneath. Well, yeah, I think that's, and that's the thing is like, you know, anger is a secondary emotion, like psychologically, like it is not, you're not feeling, 
angry first. There is something, there's sadness, there's discontent, there's judgment or comparison, which leads to anger. And so I think it's important to kind of boil down that. And I think, yeah, taking time to quiet yourself, to be at peace, sometimes can actually like eliminate some of that anger that is unnecessary and hurtful um, while not disregarding what the actual source feeling is underneath mm-hmm. all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. I think um, it's definitely, Linda, you brought up definitely, I think you're touching on what I was actually going to uh, ask you guys next is kind of, there is this idea like just throughout scripture <clears throat> that relationships are important and honestly, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing is about relationships, relationships of God to us, relationships of us to us. There's countless stories kind of nego- or, um, navigating relationships. And so I was uh, wondering what other kind of scriptural examples do you guys have um, that kind of give good advice on how to navigate relationships or um, like what other scriptural examples can you guys think of that help that could help? Um, navigate relationships. I, I immediately, I immediately go to um, <laughs> the, the greatest commandment, you know, love, love God and love others as you love yourself. And the key to that, and I think yep. this is overlooked a lot of times in Christian circles is um, loving others as you love yourself. Because in my experience, at least, um, talking to a lot of people here and friends, anybody, um, we, we don't actually believe we're loved by God. Um, because if we did, then we would be able to love ourselves without thinking we're selfish. Um, and then we'd be able to be free to love other people because we wouldn't be so threatened by other people's, um, actions toward us or other things like that. So I, I think if you can truly first off, get to know who you are and really get to like you like see yourself as God sees you and then and then move forward in your relationships um they'll be perfect (laughs) 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 the counselor there it is yeah I think we can cut it off right there we just solved relationships so (laughs) (laughs) do people still say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're bringing back Rachel that's funny. I um I have the spiritual discipline for the week. <laughs> One that I thought of that has to do with our relationships and it goes right off of what you just said, Rachel. Um there are all these verses, especially throughout the New Testament, that are called the one another verses. So they talk about bearing one another's Mm -hmm. burdens, caring for one another, being kind, living in harmony with one another, forgiving one another. Um, And I think that as we, you know, whether or not we're Christ followers, um, we have to live with regard for others. That is, as Rachel just said, it's it's one of the uh, main commandments, love God, love other people. Um, But we have to live with others in mind. And so I just wanted to offer, I've got all of these one another verses um, typed out on a handout that I give to, to students and others. Um, if people want to e- email spiritual formation at Malone.edu, I can send you the document. But basically what I suggest is you look at these verses as you read through the verses, you're going to quickly start to stumble over one 
like um, honor one another before yourselves. Oh, shoot. Did I do that today? Stop passing judgment on one another. Oh, no. Um, it's only 11 in the morning and I still have, and I've already messed up on that one. But as you, as you read through that list, you'll start to realize, okay, I'm tripping on, up on a couple. And as you start to trip up on those, those are the verses to start to pray through. Dear Lord, help me today just to focus on this one verse, be at peace with one another, um, or to, to sort of memorize it um, and, and repeat it to yourself through the day and let scripture and it's other centered focus guide you in your relationships. It's good. And, and while keeping in mind um, that regardless of how you are able to carry out um, the, the lifestyle God wants you to have, that he is adoring you, like absolutely adoring you. Um, I, I feel like having my kids has taught me that, that God, how God sees me in a very small way because he's God and I'm not, but, um, my kids, there's nothing they can do to take love away from, um, from them, from me. <laughs> that was a complicated way to say that there's nothing they can do to make me stop loving them. And, mm-hmm. um, so that no matter how we're doing in these relationships, the bottom line is that God adores you, absolutely adores you, whether you're judging someone or not, um, and that he really can help you do better at that. <laughs> so um, that's very exciting when it comes to relationships. No, it's true. And I think that's a super freeing thing is that the most important relationship, honestly, that we have is to God. But then to know that our standing with him is that we can never lose that love, no matter how we feel, no matter what our actions are, no matter what we do. And so like when it comes to the most crucial relationship um, we are in right standing. Like we are justified. We are loved and we are completely adored. You're totally right. And I think that should give us um, peace. And as I think like, uh, you know, salvation is a process. Learning our relationship to God is a process. And so obviously it takes time to fully believe it and believe it more and more and more. But yeah, I think, you know, searching ourselves and realizing how strongly how firmly we stand um, in God's love can actually free us up to love other people. Um, And then the strength to do that, the tools to do that um, are equipped, you know, through that connection to God um, who is the source of all of that. So yeah, that is super important to, to recognize for sure. I think um, as we, as we kind of wrap things up, um, Rachel, I want to just thank you so much for solving all of our difficult questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> after no this podcast, problem. after this podcast is released, I don't think anyone is going to have any more questions about relationships. Um, well, it might be helpful to note here that Rachel is a, a part of the Malone mm-hmm. Counseling Center and students can still contact them as wanted. Counseling Center at Malone.edu is a good way to Yes, start although connection. we are ending um, for the summer, so next sure. semester for sure. Um, yeah, but we, we definitely want to uh, just say thank you for being on the show and yes, please please contact Rachel or the counseling office directly. 
um, if you're a Malone student and you're and you're seeking that out. Um, but Rachel, we're we're gonna let you go now, um, and we'll we'll finish up with the rest of the show. Uh, but thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I had a good time. It was fun. All right. <laughs> so, Bye, see ya. So this is um, obviously the last week of the OSF podcast. Um, we have had a ton of fun over the past couple of weeks kind of recording this. Um, but in addition to this being the last episode of the podcast, uh, this is also the last podcast for the Office of Spiritual Formation uh, that Corey and I will ever do. And Oh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We almost, we almost made <laughs> so it. So I wanted to, to take a second and uh, yeah, Corey, I know I didn't prepare you uh, about this before, before uh, we did this, but unfortunately due to COVID and everything, we, I feel like haven't had the proper chance to, to say goodbyes or say anything to the Malone community. Um, but since we do have this platform, Corey, are there uh, any, any words you want to share to the listeners out there? <laughs> oh man um yeah uh so just know that um i i I will speak for i will speak for myself although i think a lot of what i say rings true for jd as well but i'll let you say it for yourself um just know that like this decision wasn't arrived at lightly um that this was something that was agonized over um, and that nothing, like nothing is wrong. Um, but God has, uh, God has a call on each of our lives, um, that sometimes in order to more fully fulfill what he's asking you to do, uh, things that you really love, um, have to be let go. And in this case, that was my position at Malone. Uh, I love Malone. Um, I still live less than a mile from Malone and will continue to live there. Um, we'll continue to welcome all people uh, to our dinner table um, who are looking for a home cook. We're looking for a home cooked meal. Um, but I cannot continue to fulfill my position in the Office of Spiritual Formation um, with as much um, with as much as I would want to give to it. Um, I love, I love Malone and I fully believe in the vision and the mission, uh, of Malone. And I would just encourage everybody to continue to strive to be pioneers, uh, pun intended, um, be, be, be pioneers, be the people who, who see the gaps, uh, in society, see the gaps in the field that, um, that you are going into and ask the Holy spirit, ask God, like, what are ways that he would have you innovate and fill those gaps? Um, that's what it means to be a pioneer. Um, that's what we're leaving to do. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're not going anywhere. We're still at third street. We still live right by campus. Uh, anyone and everyone is welcome. Uh, <laughs> so I just yeah, gotta say, I man, I, uh, <laughs> so it's funny just back when, when I was a student at Malone and you're doing that whole bless up thing on Fridays, that's the only way that I knew you. Um, but man, it's been it's been a ride now to to be on staff here at Balloon together. But I just gotta say, man, uh, thank you so much for all the work that you put into Malone and all the countless hours you poured investing into students and just all all the ways that people never saw it, but um, that you invested in the Malone community. I know Malone 
it's such a special place to you. Um, so yeah, man, I just want to, I want to thank you for all the time, time and effort that you put into Malone and, and um, just making it a better place. I appreciate that. JD, you stepped in uh, at a time that was, we needed a, a quick transition in, in leadership in our office uh, a few years ago. And I have really enjoyed working with you. I mean, you stepped in right after you were done with class. <laughs> yep. You were ready to go. And actually, Corey, it was Corey, you were the one uh, when you and I were looking at each other thinking, okay, we got to fill this huge role in our office. And Corey, you said, I know who, who it is. I'm going to go get them. And um, so Corey, thank you for mm-hmm. always innovating uh, the people who would best be in place in our office so we can serve students. But um, JD, you've been very innovative communications wise, technology wise, idea wise, um, and putting together student leadership program in our office. That's fantastic. And Corey, um, I consider both of you, my brothers, I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, Corey, you have challenged me to see big picture and be strategic and times where we've needed to do that in our office. Um, and also just to live in a little bit more to my life as a pastor. I was a new pastor when you started working at the office. And so I was grateful for your, you probably didn't know you were doing this, but just, you were just sort of nudging me to utilize gifts that were, that I had, I didn't realize that either I had, or I just had kept them on the back burner. Um, but for both of you, JD, three years, Corey for four years also, um, this has been sort of the roughest transition of my life, the roughest period, the last uh, handful of years. And you both stuck <laughs> with me. And um, and um, in many occasions, you covered for me. You extended grace for me when I just wasn't able to, I just couldn't do something. I was just not emotionally up to it um, or time-wise up, up to it. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for both of you. Very grateful that you're my brother. Thanks, Linda. I think, um, yeah, it's so interesting just that we're talking about relationships on the last day because I think you two specifically, man, this has been the greatest office to ever be a part of. And the stuff that we've been able to accomplish has been amazing. But also, I definitely look at both of you as extremely close friends, more than just coworkers. Um, Linda, you will, I don't know. I don't know who will contest it, but for now and probably forever, you'll be one of the greatest bosses I've ever had and ever had the pleasure of working under. Um, if you Amen. don't, you probably Amen. don't see all the work that Linda sees behind the scenes if you're listening to this, um, but she is truly one of the most gracious, um, one of the most um, incredible leaders to have at the front of your office. I've always felt empowered to be able to minister to people the way that I want to. I've you know, felt the freedom to create and think of new ideas. And Linda, I just want to thank you um, for your leadership in this time. This this truly has been an incredible office to work for. Um, thank you. You are. So I, I just got to say, it, it has been a long ride for me. I, uh, similarly to Corey, I'm not leaving for any bad reasons. In fact, it it actually rips me up to to know that I'm leaving Malone after spending the last seven years of my life uh, involved in the Malone community, both as a student and as a staff member. Um, It truly is the most 
special place. And um, man, the community at Malone is unlike anything else at any other institution. I guarantee it. The the people, the relationships that you foster there are so special. I'm so grateful for just the countless people that poured into me in the Malone community. Um, but yes, for everyone who is a part of the Malone community is something special um, to be a part of. And I'm definitely deeply sad to, to move on. I'm definitely sad that the last thing at Malone uh, outwardly will probably be this podcast and, you know, things didn't end the way I saw them, the ending. However, um, I'm just so grateful for my time at Malone and, and this incredible place. Appreciate everyone who has tuned in uh, to this podcast to listen to us over the past couple of weeks. It's been awesome to see um, the hundreds of people listening um, over the course of the podcast and for all your messages on Instagram. Um, we kind of threw this plan together amidst COVID, hoping to, to reach people and still um, put on something every week in place of community worship and the 300 other odd events that we normally run. Um, so we just want to thank you for listening and hopefully you were encouraged and blessed um, by the work that we put into this podcast. Um, but for the last time this semester and for Corey and I, the last time for good, um, <laughs> I want to say thank you for listening to the OSF podcast. <laughs>